title, numero uno. I'm not a Puerto Rican, but I'm speaking so that you know. And understand, I got the gift of speech, and it's a blessing. So listen to the lesson I preach. I talk sense condensed into the form of a poem. Full of knowledge from my toes to the top of my dome. I'm kind of young, but my tongue speaks maturity. I'm not a child, I don't need nothing for security. I get paid when my record is played, to put it short. Welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. I need to give a big thank you to everyone who has taken the time to listen, share, and mention our first podcast. I am truly, truly appreciative. Please be sure to follow us on social media, on IG and Twitter. You can find the Chris Williams Podcast Hour at the at sign, the Chris Will Pod. That's the at sign. T-H-E-C-H-R-I-S-W-I-L-L-P-O-D. That's at the Chris Will Pod. And on Facebook, the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. This week's podcast features former world champion boxer James Tony. It's going to be a really good show. But before we get into that and our escape from reality, I must ask, how has or how is the COVID pandemic affecting you? Well, for me, it has changed my life completely. I don't get to travel and I love to travel. Work? Well, what's that? What's work? Uh, My work is event driven. So I have not seen work since March. I've had a paradigm shift and well, here I am out of my comfort zone. I'm speaking into a microphone, talking about me and other stuff. I miss sports. I miss discussing sports, whether it's an exciting play, a touchdown, a home run, a catch, a knockout, whatever. I miss the adrenaline rush from an exciting game. I can't even imagine how the guys who are actually playing the game feel. The baseball players, the basketball players, the hockey players, and even boxers, you know, feeling completely alone, competing in an empty arena. They're inside these so-called bubbles. I know I'm not the only one. But the greatest impact on me has been watching my kids adjust to a new normal. My son just turned 17. He got his new car. He was starting his senior year in high school. And he and his friends had all these grand plans. They were going to the beach this summer, the movies, hang out and do what kids going into their senior year in high school do. Now, granted, his parents laughed and said, yeah, okay, whatever you say, big fella. But, well, Corona said, no, you ain't. And now I watch a kid who was full of hope, happiness, drive, and ambition succumb to anger, depression, and a loss of faith. It's frustrating. And what are we supposed to tell him? That everything's okay? And things will change soon. That's not the truth. You know, and I'm not one to go ahead and just let him live out his normal life. I'm not taking that chance with his life or mine or my family's. I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm not that dude that says we all have to live our life and we will all die somehow. Now, 
I will take a risk. Gosh knows, I of all people, I'm a risk taker. But when it comes to my kids and my family, I have to draw the line somewhere. Now I'm curious to know your thoughts. So send me an email telling me how has or how is the COVID pandemic affecting you? You can email me at talk at the Chris Williams podcast.com. That's talk at the Chris Williams podcast.com or just send me a, a DM on social media. I want to know folks. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. I used to let the mic smoke, now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm going, no one gets on, cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict, addicted to music, maybe it's a habit, I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm, I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in, deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild, if you wanna be tame, I treat you like a child then you're gonna be named another enemy not even a friend of me cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours I wake you up and as I stare in your face you seem stunned remember me the one you got your idea from but soon you start to suffer the tuna get rougher when you start to stutter that's when you had enough of fighting it'll make you choke you can't provoke you can't cope you should have broke because I ain't no joke podcast hour and boy do we have a good one today I'm going to introduce you to, to, to today's guest, who's a legend, a boxing legend from Michigan, a three-division world champion with a record no, of 77. No, no, correct yourself, a six-division world champion. A two-division world champion. No, six, six, six. Six? Oh, my. Six division. Yes. Hey, get my, I count all mine. <laughs> you count all yours? Okay. Hey, I appreciate that. So let me correct myself. A boxing legend from Michigan, a six-division world champion with a record of 77-10-3, 47 KOs, a man considered to be one of the top ten purest boxers of all time, and arguably the best defensive fighter from any era, and the original creator of the shoulder roll, the man simply known as Lights Out, the one, the only, James Tony. James, welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. We're glad to have you. Hey, hey man, thank you for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. Oh, not, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. It, it, it is our honor to have you. And also on the line, Corey Goodwin. Corey. What's up? What's up, y'all? Promoter. How y'all doing? How you? Good, good. So, Corey, a fight promoter has facilitated this call, helped us get in touch with James. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit about the future, what you guys are planning to do as well. But let's start it off with talking about James growing up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I have to bring this up. You played high school football. You were one of the top quarterbacks in the state of Michigan. Talk about what it was like growing up as a high school football player, the recruiting, scholarship offers that you received, all that good stuff, whatever you remember. Yeah, my remember about that was um, I played quarterback and defensive back. And uh, I was at Ann High School. But before I got there, we, we, we weren't that good. And 
my grandma was we were we were better than we were. But um but my lady was I was I was just playing three games on it, a hitter, a quarterback with an arm was in the ball deep. Have fun. Enjoy uh, and I enjoyed the process. Okay. You were recruited by Western Michigan to play quarterback, and you were also recruited by the University of Michigan to play defensive back. But yes, you chose to go a different route, which was in the boxing. So how did you yes, how did you come about to that decision? The reason why because um I wasn't uh, even though I played football, I wasn't in the books too much. I was too busy running the streets, and I didn't do too well on SATs and. And so then what I, what I did then was fall back on my fall back on my passion with the boxing. Okay, okay. Now you started in the gym at 11 years old, but you didn't yeah. actually turn to boxing until a little later. Right. Yeah, I, I had um, 35. I had 33 amateur fights. I uh, 31 two. I had 12. I had 29 knockouts, but I would play football, the option of a box, but then finally after I wore from the SATs, I went back to boxing. And the everything started. Everything started. The whole the whole world turned around. Okay. For okay. The best, for, for the better for me at least. Okay. Well obviously it turned out to be the best decision that you could possibly yes. make. So, yes, 100%. Then, I enjoy it. And, uh, like I, said, I, I love boxing. I love football, but boxing won out because, because I didn't do what I had to do in the classroom, which I should have, which I could have, but I didn't. Okay. So, from there, do you have a message to, you know, young student athletes and guys that actually have the the ability that you had that could make the choice, you know, to go to either boxing or football or even into another sport. Yeah, well, my thing on this, my thing on this, do what you feel in your heart. Follow your heart. If you feel, if you feel with football, baseball, basketball, or boxing, hey, follow your dream and make it happen. Anything's possible in this life. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything, that's awesome. Anything. I believe that if you truly believe in yourself that you can do, do what you really want to do and, and body and football, do it. Do it. You know, and, and never have no regrets. Never have no regrets what you did. Okay. That's excellent advice. Excellent advice. And I hope, you know, the listeners are taking that. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be a young student athlete. It could be somebody that, you know, is looking to make a career choice, an older adult in life. Anybody. You know, follow your heart and do what you exactly. can. Exactly. So, all right. So hey, moving Chris. on. Now, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Corey. I was going to say, I was going to say, and that's kind of one of the, the strongest attributes of uh, James Tony. man. He's a really strong-minded, stubborn dude. And so, like, when he said you put your mind to it, that's how he lives his life. If he want to do something, and I think that's what kind of made him the champ. With only 33 amateur fights, you know, a lot of you got a lot of these guys got over 100, 200 some amateur fights before they make any noise, before they good enough to be world champs. But James stepped out there because he believed in himself because he he's just that stubborn. <laughs> the 33 amateur fights and to be a six-time division champ, that's that's almost unheard of right now. You you hear a bunch of people like. The Loma Chicos and stuff with 200 plus amateur fights, 
making moves like that. And, and that's what you got. Yeah, but you don't need that many amateur fighters. As long as you, if you tell you to your craft and keep receiving your mileage, you're going to be world champion, you're going to be world champion. And don't listen to our naysayers. Let it, let, 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 let it be your, your generating, you know, let that be your, your motivation for success. For success, you know what I'm saying? That's what I did. Everybody who said I was going to do it and laugh at me. I was running eight miles every day. That's about to go out and laugh at me. I don't get why. You see what I'm doing. You see what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it very well, too. You know what I mean? I'm going to be sorry. You know what I mean? I'm going to be laughing Nice. Nice. And now, Corey, you're familiar with this. You're familiar with the, you know, most of the pro boxers in North Carolina. A lot of them don't have amateur backgrounds. They may have, you know, 20 amateur fights. But like James said, and I think it's important, you have to hone your craft, you have to make a commitment to it, and you can't listen yes. to the naysayers. You so cannot listen to the naysayers. If you do that, that's your downfall. That's okay. your downfall. Okay. If you listen to all the naysayers up there, they will ruin your, will ruin your whole, your whole choice of getting where you got to go. Nice. Hey, for nice. example, James is a, is a short heavyweight, considered short for a heavyweight. And <laughs> that was kind of almost unheard of, and people not want thinking that's going to be a good move, and he's not going to yeah. be able to do this. And yeah. Everybody told me, the time is now, just want to be a heavyweight. Just want to never do it. I said, what do I do? And look, it took me 10 years to get there, but I did it. Yeah, nice. Nice. Now, James, just just going back to growing up in Michigan. Now, you grew up near the Mayweather's. Is that correct? Well, we all born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We all live in the same. Me, Mayweather, um, Buster Masters, Tony Tucker. We all live in the same street. But as I'm a little older, my mom moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah. <laughs> tell me this. Now, what was that like? Because that's a lot of big egos, and that's a lot of confidence of a group of people hanging out. So what's it like when, well, when you guys we, either got together or just hung out? We never hung out. We never got together. We got together. More, my mom moved away since the early age. Then I get a chance to connect with them. But I knew of them. You know what I'm saying? I always gotcha. give them love. They always give them love. They always show me love. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to move forward a little bit. Now, James, okay. when, I first, when I first met you in Fayetteville, North Carolina, it was part of the Force One promotions that Corey was doing. One of the first things you said to me was, don't bullshit me, Chris. So, James, Tony, don't bullshit me on this one. I want to know the truth. I want to know what happened between you and Deion Sanders at the Michigan camp. Well, I was there. First day we came in, uh, I, I was first in my dorm. I was the first one in my dorm. I put my bed by the window because I want to see all the kids in there. Well, apparently when I went out, he didn't can't hear me out there. He had one of my rooms, one of my bed. He put myself off, took myself in my bed, put some gloves. I came in, I saw him, and it was wrong. What was your Well, I'm going to get this bed. I'm going to get this in my room right here. I didn't know the fuck I ain't. 
And then, you know, <laughs> and what happened was he he just he just dropped. <laughs> He just dropped. Jay, 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 everything. Go. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it was, it was, it was, the, the right hand he was, was so classic. It reminded me of my head on Koi. Well, yeah, he feel fast. <laughs> Oh, you heard it here first, folks. A right hand from James Tony dropped Beyonce. And they fell the same way. And they made the same noise. Hey, hey, you can fact check that and edit that out, Chris. You know better than that. He know better. Oh, that is classic. All right. So in but you 1988. Know but, you know but, but, but it shows that he is a boss who can do that. Hey, he's a good athlete. And I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Just like myself. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, have you run into him since? Have you guys crossed paths? I, I, I haven't seen Dion since then. And some of them it was wrong, Dion. It wasn't Dion to play football. It wasn't him. It had to be Dion because there's only one Dion that I know to play football. So if I do see him, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, how you doing? How's everything going? I appreciate everything you did for football. I love it. Bye, bye, bye. Got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. So you turned pro in 1988. Now, you October, ended up October 26, being, October 26, 1988. So, now, you end up connecting with Jackie Cowan as yeah. she, ended up, she ended up being. How did you guys connect? How did that come about? Well, she had a heavyweight, but by, by, back then, I was still a middleweight, and she had, she had, had heavyweight, and, you know, me, Back then, I'm about to any and everybody. So he came in the gym and she saw me, tossed him up. And, I had, and then one day she came in, I had a bad day in the gym. I was trying to place up. And she goes, Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Everybody told her who I was. And, and then she, you know, she, wanted, she, wanted, she wanted to deal with me. And we, we looked up. And hey, guys, let me ask that. Okay. All right. So the rest was history. So I know you've seen the movie. I know you've seen the movie. How accurate no, is the movie? movie. No, no, no. Somebody, I saw the movie. The movie, hey, one of my, it was one of my friends, he was like, man, no, they made me see it. They made me do this, man. Give me a man, man. I'm not mad, you know. It's a job, you know what I'm saying? But she's not, she, no, she's not going to feel to get me. She was not dead in the motherhood. Okay, okay. So that that answers the question. I was going to ask how accurate the movie portrayal was in against the ropes of of you and your relationship with Jackie Callen. So that answers that. And I take it they didn't consult you at all for the movie. You still there, James? JT. At first, at first, you hear me? Yes. Hello? I can hear you. 
at first, when, 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 when everything was on Google Man Jackie, I was on the movie. But as the man fell out, it took me out. So anyway, it's God bless him. Hey, you see how, you see how well the movie did? It, it didn't do too well because it wasn't the right me. So it is what it is. Okay. All right. I, I'm not bad. I have no regrets. So and me and by the way, me and Jackie, we cool now. We're back together. We, we ain't back together like, as far as we're working, but we cool. Okay. That's good. That's good. Now, your movie career, yours, you know, yours didn't start there, but yours didn't definitely end there. You played Joe Frazier and Ali opposite Will Smith, who's a megastar. What was that like? It was cool, man. We had fun, man. Will was great. Jamie Foxx was hilarious. Man, we had, we had a ball. It was hard. Believe me, it was tough work. It was 18-hour days, 18-hour shoot days. We had fun. And Will was, and okay. Will was phenomenal. Will was phenomenal. He was cool. We hung out a lot. We hung out a lot. Me him and me him and Jamie Foxx. It was cool. We had, I, 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 I was doing it again in hobby. Nice, nice. So I, I would I would love to be a fly on the wall with you and Jamie Foxx in the room just talking junk. That that, oh, that must man, have been man. hilarious. Hey, we we everybody on the set laughing because we going back and forth. But Jamie Jamie is hilarious. Phenomenal. Mr. Guys he he's quick. He's like me quick. Quick to come back. <laughs> yeah, he got nice. four like he got four like Corey. <laughs> oh, now, see, I, 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 I can't that? even say anything because Corey, you already wear a hat, so I don't know what you're hiding, uh, brother. Uh, oh, but that's, that's what, but now you know why he wear a hat. Yeah, hey, he talking like that because you're on the phone. You know that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the real legend. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you. It's way, it's way, way back. <laughs> I'm about to disconnect this call. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> so, James, now to the meat and potatoes of, of your career. So, you win 44 fights, 44 of your first 46 fights. And you, I mean, you beat some big names like Sanderline Williams, Mike McCallum. Um, I know you, you had two draws with them, but you ended up beating them in the rematch. But along the yep. way, you also conquer a list of who's who in boxing with the title yep. win over Michael Nunn, which was a huge upset at the, at the time. Like yes. I said, you beat McCallum, Iran Barkley, Tony Thornton, Anthony Hembrick, Murky Sosa. The list goes on and on. But it wasn't until 1994 that I thought you got your just due when they made the James Tony versus Roy Jones Jr. fight. Um, talk yeah, about what it was like leading up to that and what you remember of the buildup of that fight well, and the actual fight. Well, let me tell you, the actual buildup of the fight was, you know, I got my eyes out of shape. I ain't get shit with the fight. He won. And the reason why, because as I fought, I just fought um, Prince L. Williams. So I just went in, Prince Charles Williams. I had with him for a long time, and I knocked him out, okay? I told Bob Ram and Aceville after the fight, I said, you guys have to, you guys have to, 
August the 24th, which is the day of my birthday. Again, the August 24th, you make the fight with me and Roy Jones. I'm not, I'm going to get some jump again. So, August 24th came and went. No, hey, no deal made yet, so I'm going to get you. And then here we are, September 23rd. Me and, my, me and, me and the goons, we're we in, um, we in Puerto Rico. Jane Jones. She said, the fight for me. I said, what's the day? What's you talking about? I said, I'm done with you. She said, I'm both on Roy Jones. I said, Jay, I told you, I'm done with you. She says, $9 million. I got my ass home and so I went out. But by, by, then, but by, then, but by then, I was 205 pounds. So I I trained the whole eight, 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 eight and a half weeks just to lose weight. Never find my Jones. And then if you if, 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 if you if you if you go and post the the archive, you see while well, I was here with a fight, they was holding me up. Roy knew I was gonna make the weight. Yeah, I told him that fight right there was my last fight at, 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 at Superman weight. But they knew yeah, I was gonna make the weight. And so I made the weight, hired everybody up, went Bill Ray, that boy was and Roy was still got them skins. It was like we was in a trap meeting. Yeah, he did. Oh. Yeah, he did punches. He did punches and punches, but they were all slapped. He was, he was, he was just, he was just stepping on me. He knew better. He Got knew you. better. Gotcha. But what? So you only. Is so you, but, don't, but don't get me wrong. War is a phenomenal fight. He's a good fight, but but if I if I, if I open right that night, I would knock him out like a ten minutes. Fresh out of him. And I remember, but was right. But you know, I I I don't blame nobody but myself for that. Because I feel it was a mistake. Okay, so you yeah. you lost forty five pounds in eight and a half weeks. Yep. Wow. So fast. Everybody know. Everybody know. Everybody know. And they, and they were put out there because they, they were they were they were uh, world by world. But that's fine. That's fine, but, uh, but, but you see, I, I, I'm not going to get knocked unconscious. You know, it's so going to get knocked out. So for $9 million, this is all, you know, I, I would do I'd probably cut a foot off or something. So for $9 million, you know. I told Bill, I said, Bill, I got enough, but he ain't going to knock me out. Point blank. I want to Bill Miller. He wasn't trying to. I mean, he's scared. Because if he knew, if he got my range, it's going to be like that with his hands. Got you. I got you. All right. So talk to me about world championships, what you remember. Now, I, I what I remember, the KO of Michael Nunn for the IBF middleweight title in 91. And in 93, for the super middleweight title, the IBF super middleweight title, you knocked out Iran Barkley in 93. And then one of my all-time favorite fights was in 2003 when you stopped this really jerk. And that went over the floor for the cruiserweight title. Well, let, me, let me explain to you. In, in, in 1985, I fought Francisco... Uh, no, 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 damn. 
Freddie Delgado for the WBU like heavyweight world championship, knocked him out in the third round on CBS in New Orleans. Then I beat, um, a few years later, I beat Steve Lewis for the IBO Cruiserweight Championship. The list is gone. I, beat, I won the IBO Heavyweight Championship. I beat the Fred Zagendo. So, man, the list goes on and on. I, if, you, if you go out and read my, and read my bio, you'll see all all the, all the championships I won, all the championships I won, excuse me, and, and you see them. It's facts. If it's going to buy straight, it's real. Okay, okay. So the the WBU, IBO, all those titles. So, yes. Yeah. So yes, they, every, they, every, they show. Every, 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 if they don't buy straight, if they show up buy straight, it's real. It counts. Okay. All right. But the news of the reporters, y'all want to glorify it because it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is, I'm I'm a, I'm going to claim my mine will count. I'm not going to put on everybody else going on. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, ain't the, I ain't that person. I'm that guy who I fight for mine. Okay. Okay. I would never let a reporter or a person downgrade me. For why, why, why I did do it, maybe I didn't do. Ain't what happened. Get the wrong, get the wrong guy. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not the Uncle Tom Black guy. <laughs> <All right. laughs> nice. That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. So, so what is your favorite title fight what, uh, of your memories? If you if you look back, you have to tell the story about one fight or even another two fights. What are they? Who are? What are James Tony's favorite fights? My easiest fights are Iron Bunker and Evander Holyfield. Those were two easiest fights of my life. I had fun over the ass. You're talking shit to him at the same time. Now, yeah, so the Barkley, the Iran Barkley, that was a big fight for the title. And, you know, I, I almost forgot about the fact that you beat Evander Holyfield, who is considered no, I, one of the. Oh, no, I didn't beat him. I destroyed him. I wrecked him. <laughs> I shit on him. He said, so all years he has been, he has been disrespectful. I had to shit him like I did. It's you, my now, when you say he was disrespectful, what exactly do you mean by that? What did he do? Well, okay, look. Before the fight, you know the picture I was, everybody getting talk. So I said the thing about, I said, I got to say my thing about Van, how great he was. But then when he got to talk about me, he was like, well, James is going to be a good stripper someone. A good, good opponent for me. I was. Now, before the person was started, before the person was started, I told my boss, I'm going to be good there. It will be no mess. I respect you. I love Holyfield. Green Flatter. I watched him on the way coming up. But after he said that, I said, I listened to my papa. I said, best off. I said, I'm beating, I'm beating this motherfucker ass. I told him, I said, look. I said, as the president, I said, after I knock you out, I'm going to put you in choir. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he ain't shot, Chris. No, I, I see. I see. <laughs> I see. So, you gave me a yeah. chase point and all that shit. 
Okay, money, well, they won't get, they won't get your ass on. You, you know what I mean? I'm gonna knock you out. I promise you. I'm gonna knock you out. Period. And you stopped him. And you, you, you're a man of your word. You stopped him. Maybe uh, if, if you, if you, if you, look, if you went and watch this play, you can see me. I'm going to pull my damn trainer down and piss with my pops. Say, oh, not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that that is a classic fight. That is a classic story, a classic fight. All right, moving on. So, all right, we got to talk about this. 2005 at MSG in New York, you beat John Ruiz for the WBA IBA world titles. Easy work. Easy work. But yes, 116-111, 116-111 on two cards and 115-112. So talk about the excitement after winning that fight. I was jubilated because I told everybody I was going to do it. I said, man, I went to the gym a long time ago, but everybody said I was too small. I, I was so happy. I was ecstatic. I mean, we had fun. And then the bullshit happened with Don King Pool, with that still thing he pulled. Say, I took the product of um, the steroids. I don't take steroids. I mind it. The fight before my John Ruiz, I had for a writer booger, and I tore my bicep and trash him in the second round. And uh, oh. the other man would have quit. Even the other man would have quit. And and so, for a fight, um, they told me to fight John Ruiz. He couldn't want to fight me. Because the Bishop system was, was just begging me. They didn't want to see me at all, period. So we can fight John Ray, but it'll be April 29th. And I said, my dad went, I said, has a cast on him. I was just taking medication for my for, for muscles and my to, to recover. And so it wasn't terrible. It was, I was on, I was on medication. That's the doctor gave And it, it, was still in my, it was still in my system while I was training for with one hand, using it with one hand. And that's why I be with if, if, if you look at the fight, I bet I bet to my left foot. Gotcha. Now, now back then, did they test you pre-fight test for for anything? No, 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 no after the fight. It was all after the fact. How soon yep. after you after the fight did you find out that you tested positive? They showed they showed my week a week later. Oh wow! And, and a week later, what kind of recourse do you get as far as appealing that, fighting that? Do they oh, take oh, doctor we, records? We, what we, do we, they do? Oh well, after after five months of investigation, they finally clear me. You know what I'm saying? But by then, it was too late. They stripped me. They stripped me of time and everything. So it was, but the I but the IBA they stayed behind me. They should be that it was a true organization, and they took behind me. I'm saying we're in the world, but I just WBAs. That's terrible. That that is absolute horrible, and that's I know a lot of people think that's what's wrong with some of these organizations nowadays. You know, because it's money driven, and you can obviously see in that situation where, you know, so if if you pay the right person or do the right thing, you could take something away from somebody. So I can definitely feel for you on that. So, so 
right, I'm going to give you a chance. So what's your story? What's your take? After that fight, after the drug test, why should James Tony still be WBA and IBA world champ? Heavyweight. Because, one, because everything was legit. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't. I, man, I, if I was a serious, you saw, if you saw my body for that fight, that was a, that was a bad shit because my shit looked terrible. I wasn't, I wasn't in the shit I should have been in. Got you. I got you. If, if, if you go back and look at the fight, if I was a serious, I should have been shredded. Instead, I love Shrek. Oh, man. Man. Oh. oh, that's a classic. Oh, he looks like Shrek. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to move forward to today. All right. You see all these former fighters getting back in the ring. You have Tyson versus Roy oh, Jones man. Jr. I want to know what your thoughts are, and more importantly, who are you training for, and what fights does James Tony want? I want Roy Jones or Mike Tyson. But you see, everybody, they're, they're, they're only missing Mike Tyson and Roy Jones and Matt Holyfield. We see everybody scared of their name. They scared of their name, their name James Tony. Because you know what? You see James Tony three times, that's your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the candy man. I, I'm like the candy man. I'm gonna get you. Uh, look, when I'm motivated, like I, when I'm motivated like I am now, they in trouble. If they want to see me, they didn't see me. They want to. Hey, t- hey, don't get me wrong. Try to look good. Look good in this video. Well, that's the video. What happened to my friend like me? Who ain't one or who ain't scared? I'm not asking nobody. Oh, no, 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 I'm asking you. That's God. That's the man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got you. <laughs> That's a classic. So so you would take either winner Tyson, Roy Jones, either one, you'll take that fight. So if Roy, you know, because there's rumors, and I know Roy says he'll, he'll take the fight now, but there were rumors that he was backing out for for some things that were happening with that fight. So you would step yeah. in and fight Tyson? Yeah, give me ample time. Hey, give me ample time to have the grass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So I had a guy from the Fight Journal, Chip Mitchell, sent me a text message when he found out that you were fight that I was uh, that you were coming on the Chris Williams podcast hour. And Chip had a question. His question is, what happened? Between you and Bernard Hopkins, how come you guys never made a fight? It wasn't because me. It wasn't. It was not James liked out Tony. Trust me. It was, I, don't, I don't turn down nothing. I don't even turn on my collar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so look, it's like this. Yeah, at the time we were negotiating for a fight, apparently he was negotiating the fight. I still away. Instead of fighting me, fight me, fight me, he was getting 10 million fighting to go away. So, hey, I give him that. I, I give credit. Go get your money. He, he got more money fighting to go away than fight me. So, if he didn't fight me, I would have fucked him up. Everybody, hey, but yeah, I mean, I can't believe. But I was just, he was a good fighter, but he had a great fighter. How can you use my credit? He fighting with the head down, 
boy and was holding, hugging, kissing and modeling. I'm a real all right, I'm a real fighter. Alright. So after he fights the Delahoy, does that fight ever come back up? Does it get mentioned? And I know no, uh, well, no, let's just start there. Let me let me let me let me stop right there. I just went to a million better things and I'm I'm happy for him. And he didn't want to see me because if he see me, he has to go he has to come up away because now I'm a heavyweight. He didn't want to see me a heavyweight. Don't they, don't nobody want they, the heavyweights don't even want to see me. Got you. I got you. Okay. All right. All right. So, the, and the other thing I want to ask is, you you see Bernard dominating the middleweight division. You you see him moving yeah. up the light heavyweight. Does, how does that stick with you? I mean, you see this guy moving, and there, you know, now he's considered. I know. I know you said. You don't think he was a great fighter? A lot of people consider no, him no, all no, time great no. now. He's, he's, no, 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 no. He, 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 he's a great fighter, but he's not. In, he's not in the mode of James Turner or Ray Robinson or Floyd Mayweather. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's nowhere near that. You know what I'm saying? How Hey, look. But Joe Calzaghe beat the champion. Twelve out. Okay. All right. Yeah, now he got knocked out last night. He got knocked out. Now I wouldn't mind being knocked out. He got knocked out on, on the floor. Out the ring. Come on, man. Come on. But, 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 I'm a banger. I'm a puncher. I'm a slick player. I can be slick. I can be a banger. I can be what you want to be. I've proven time in, time out. Now, what if... Plus, I ain't never dug nobody. I ain't never dug no one. Okay. Okay. And your your record shows that. Like I said earlier, you have fought every who's who in in every division. <laughs> From middle way up. And, 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 yeah, look, if they don't come in, if you're about to you want to fight me, I go to your house and you, you see it come outside, a la Nigel Ben a la Nigel Ben Chris Eubanks. Come on, man. I'm in England. I go to your house. They go and put it on me. And Julian Jackson. So I'm trying to fight you guys. I'm going to make dog. I'm the one. I'm the one. If you want to be in the division with me, you got to come and see me. I'm the best. Now that's interesting. Hey. Julian Jackson, you, so you oh, tried to make that fight. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I tried to make Julian Jackson fight. I tried to make Dr. Ben fight. You made fight. They're all done. They're all done. They're all. Wow. Man, so wow. I'm saying. I was a middleweight once, you know, I was a middleweight, I was man, I was still a killer. I was a heavyweight, I was a, I was a boxer, they was scared to see me. Absolutely no. Everybody saw what I did, everybody knew what I did, uh, Brad Man and Jim, when I was a middleweight, I knocked his ass out. <laughs> All right. All right. So, facts, I, 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 I
Okay. Okay. Facts. All right. So, so I, I have to ask I'm boxing, this. I'm boxing this first and only. Well, my man, I'm boxing this first boogeyman. You boxing this first boogeyman. So you, it wasn't Triple G. It's James Hell Tony. Hell no. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Mm. All right, so when you see the Charlo brothers, you see Triple G, you see Jacobs, you see these guys at middleweight, you see these super middleweights, what are you, what's going through your mind? Oh, damn, man. Hey, they're all in the same little fighters, but, but they, couldn't, they couldn't deal with my era. My era, they couldn't deal with uh, They couldn't deal No, no, no. No, hey, if I and everybody like, when I was a super white, it'd be like, oh, look at me, lunchtime. <laughs> What's up? Lunchtime. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, but right. then, but look, but you know, the child, the child brothers, they, they can physical fight, but they're not on James Wayne's level. Point one, right? Real talk. If you ask all the so-called boxers, and they would tell the truth, it would tell you the same shit. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm going back to this because this is, this, to me, this is the best thing happening in boxing right now. So you have Oscar De La Hoya coming out. The Charlotte yep. Brothers want to beat his butt. You have, uh, you know, we mentioned Roy Jones and and, uh, and Mike Tyson. So you, you said... Bernard, you didn't even mention Bernard Hopkins as someone that you would possibly fight. Would you like to fight but him if, fight if they offered you fight. the money? But look, that's ludicrous because Bernard wouldn't have a heart to come to him with the fight me. It'd be like, it'd be, it'd be like me cutting my baby. <laughs> oh, you heard it here, folks. I'm folks on the Chris Williams podcast hour. And look, James, look, I'm not look, by all means, I want everybody to know, I'm not hating him, but Bernard is a great fighter, but he's just not on James on his level, especially, especially in the middle way. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's move forward to what you have going on now. I know uh, JTP Promotions, JTP. Uh, James, to- JTP. JTP, James Tony Promotions. Talk right. about James Tony Promotions, what you guys are I'm looking excited. to do. And... Well, I'm excited. Me and Corey, we came together uh, with my partners in the company, and uh, uh, along with Air Force One Promotions, we'll be, we'll be doing a series of shows in South Carolina. I'm looking forward to coming there. And, and we decided to bring boxing, boxing around the world back to where it's supposed to be. You know, blood guts. Man, for hey, having fans who are crazy or who get knocked out. I don't know that. Okay. All right. So you're you're trying to bring that that old time feeling back. So exactly. I'm, actually old, get... I'm old school. I'm old school. The heart. Okay. And, and Corey, you know, speak on it. You're you're you guys are partners, Corey. What are your thoughts on this uh, promotion company? Well, and that, that's what we're trying to do. James is like a, 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 a not only a, a just a household name, but he's actually like a, I guess I can't, for lack of a better word, uh, 
a treasure. You know, went to the Boston, not just a fly-by-night. People in Russia, European market, they know James Tony. Um, so one of his things was he would never play the politics. If you called his name, he was ready to fight. And he wants to bring that back to the boxing world. Of course, you know, the politics and the money, they got people waiting to, you know, skip over certain fighters to fight other guys just so the money can stay intact. And that's kind of what's ruining boxing. Even if a fighter loses, he should still have the respect of being a talented fighter. So right now, you, you got fighters having to be athletes and businessmen. So it's kind of unfair to the to the boxing fans. So the boxers have to make certain moves to make sure that they get the money they deserve. And so James wants to bring back that old school, like if you see a good fight, love a good fight, pay a good fighter. And I think that's what he's trying to do, bring that exposure to the fact where you don't have to just wait you know, months and months and months to see a super match. He believes that every match should be a super match. Okay. With the money okay. reflecting, with the money paying the fighters like they, they like they should be paid. Fact. Okay. Okay. Now, now, Corey, you talk about, you know, being fair to the fighters. Now, there's also an aspect, and the reason you're on here today is because it's not just the fighters who don't get a fair shake. Sometimes it's the promoters. So talk a oh, little absolutely. bit about your experience and what you're dealing with in North Carolina and why you had to go to South Carolina to promote fights. Well, my big brother saw me. I said, we put this thing on with Fort Bragg. Let's go to North Carolina to kind of start to bring a, a portion of the financial impact of boxing over in Vegas and L.A. Let's bring that to the East Coast with a big name like James Tony. But when we got there, you would, we had a very amateurish, inexperienced commission. commission with an agenda to stop boxing as opposed to help it grow. You know, boxers are licensed contractors. So when we came to the fight, we had Roy Jones there. We had James Tony, We had um, Ray Mercer. And you would think that the North Carolina, that a boxing commission would want to see these great legends. They didn't make one attempt to even try to meet. Uh, you know, James Tony, Roy Jones in one house at one, at, the, at the same house at the same time. That's a big deal. They didn't make any attempt to even try to meet these guys. But what they do is they try to villainize the promoters and make it seem like they have to be on top of them about every little thing to make everything an issue that's not an issue. And so they get in the way of progress because now you got some, and they actually stop bouts. They disapprove bouts because they don't know boxing. They'll say, "Oh, well, you're not good enough to fight this guy." And so you have people there fly in, ready to fight. And, and the commission at that time in North Carolina, they wouldn't care about the money spent on airlines or anything. They'll just discontinue a fight for no reason. And you have some professionals that didn't care to come back to North Carolina. They would not take that risk. You can call them on the phone try to make a match, but they'd be like, uh-uh, because the commission would often get in the way, interfering with the progress of a promotion. And that happened too many times. So, and if you notice, they didn't have any boxing in North Carolina from about September to January 25th when the UFC came there. But they they suspended all boxing activity for for no reason, had no transition team in place, and they moved it to another department. And that's irresponsible to all the license holders in North Carolina that want to practice their profession. The state of North Carolina just dropped boxing. That's almost like that's almost like them dropping all the lawyers. Nobody can practice law in North Carolina anymore. You know that wouldn't happen. 
But that's a, that's right. a, that's essentially what they did to all the licensed professionals in North Carolina. They just said, right. we know you got a license to practice and earn a living, but we don't care. We're stopping it. And that's what they have. That's what happened. So. And, Corey, you talk about, you know, they haven't had a fight here since January. They had an MMA, a UFC fight here, but they haven't had a boxing match since last year. Right. And a lot of promoters have lost a lot of money because scheduled fights were canceled, and they can't, you know, replace them. They can't reschedule them. So that money is gone. Right. So, you and, know, and, and they did it, it so blatantly. They did it so blatantly. They said, we're not having any more combat sports. But then all of a sudden, they tried to assemble a, a quick North Carolina boxing commission because they knew that 25th date was still in, in the, on the calendar. So you, you basically cut all the licensed professionals that were local to North Carolina. You cut all the activity because you knew UFC was coming. You had to come and act like, oh, we're going to put together a commission in January so you can have that show January 25th. All promoters and license holders should be suing North Carolina, but I can't get everybody on board to do that. But that's really what should should be happening. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of promoters have to go outside of North Carolina, like you said. Uh, The shows in South Carolina, I know uh, Pain Boxing, they're down in Florida now. So you you got guys moving all over the place, but they're – and the fighters in North Carolina aren't even getting a shot. So it's it's pretty sad what's going on. But I want to move forward a little bit. Talk about what you guys have have upcoming, what dates. Um, I know you also have a fighter of interest um, in your stable that you guys are excited about, the heavyweight. So tell fans about Mike that. Matulis. Mike Mike Matulis nice. was a, a, a lineman at USC, a Gamecock. And, you know, he was played by injuries throughout his football career. So when he went out to camp for the pro team, they really didn't want to keep him as a liability, so he turned to boxing. That was his second passion. Um, he had about six pro fights. James saw him. He was a big dude that can actually box and not just be big for no reason. James expressed interest in wanting to work with him, and after some viewing and working with him a little bit, he decided to sign him, and so we're going to come back to Carolina, and he's going to be under the James Tony promotion stable and we're going to move him forward and, and guide him in the right way. There's nobody else better that can guide him, no, nobody more qualified than James Tony, because he knows the game in and out. He knows how to fight. He knows how to box. He knows how to use defense. And he thinks that Mike has the total package, because he's not just a big dude that just stands and punch, but he actually moves. So, And he, he admires James Tony, so I think it's going to be a good marriage. Okay, nice, nice. And, James, tell me a little bit about, you know, Coming to South Carolina because you're in California right now, correct? Yeah, I'm a Zadabucker. I've been to South Carolina once. And I was going to court flew me at the airport there. I'm looking forward to coming back. And I'm looking, looking forward to getting a band on the night of knockouts. Okay, okay. All right. Now, do you guys have a date that you're targeting for uh, return October boxing? 17th. Under- I, October 17th. JTP. Come to South Carolina. We'll have fun. That's it. Okay. October 17th. That's going to be our, right. our inaugural event. We're going to get it going. So October 17th in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, Mike right. Matulis is going to be the, the main event and just get all that support from all his fellow Gamecocks because they love Gamecocks in Columbia. And so he's going to show and prove for them mm-hmm. October 17th. Excellent. And before we get off, 
James, how can people follow you on social media or where can they go to just keep in touch with you? Bougain. Go James on com on Instagram, The Real James Lights Out Tony, Facebook, The Real James Lights Out Tony. Perfect. Perfect. And Corey, how can people get in Force One Promotions? How can they get in touch with you? Follow what you guys are scheduled. Midget Man Productions. <laughs> hey, they can't, and that's true. <laughs> hey, we're gonna build a website. We're gonna get put it, and we're gonna launch everything by October. Soon as okay. October comes about, they'll be able to keep up. Right now, we don't have anything in place, but we're gonna do it all one official launching. But really, okay. really, honestly, Chris, though, honestly, though, it's about James Tony promotion right now. That's what we want to focus on. We're going to be moving behind, put all efforts into it. He's paid the way for a lot of people. He's paid his dues, and we're going to want to highlight that. James Tony promotion. All right. Well, folks, you heard it here on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. James Tony, Corey Goodwin, James Tony Promotions, October 17th, South Carolina. Gentlemen, I want to thank you again for coming on to my podcast and giving us a flashback in history, talking a little junk, and just, you know, setting the, setting the bar for the future. I thank you guys for coming on. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Hello? Any lawyers that want to help me sue the North Carolina Boxing Commission, Get in touch with Chris, and he'll get in touch with me. I need that. We got to make it right. If if the promoters and the boxers have to do what's right, then these commissions need to be held accountable for when they don't do what's right. There you go. There you go. And James, anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, I want to. Right, I want to say hello and thanks to everybody in South Carolina, Columbia, especially. I'm looking forward to getting there and seeing y'all. We have fun. We have a lights out night, baby, all day. Much love. All right, folks, there you have it. James Tony, Corey Goodwin, James Tony Promotions, October 17th, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, be ready for more details. This has been the Chris Williams Podcast Hour with James Tony. Folks, thanks for listening. <laughs>